Warning, Marriage on the Rocks provides unfiltered, unconventional, and sometimes unwelcomed relationship advice. Seth and Crystal are certified relationship coaches who have adopted specific methods that work very well for them. Your results may vary. Hey everyone, welcome to our 119th episode of Marriage on the Rocks. I'm Crystal. And I'm Seth. Every week we have a drink with our discussion. And this week we decided to feature Stranahan's. Yeah. Yeah. It's Straight out of... Colorado. Oh, I was going to say New Mexico just to mess with you. <laughs> yeah, straight out of Colorado. I used to drive past this, their distillery, almost every day to work yeah. when I was working at Lutheran. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, every day I did. Yeah, you did. On every my way day. home, anyway. Uh-huh. I know. I'd drive behind it on my way, too, because I'd take that little sneaky way yeah, by the... Alameda and Mississippi yeah. and all that and uh-huh. sneak on to I-25 before they fucked it all up. Yeah, it's not a sneaky little yeah. way to get on anymore. Yeah. Everyone tries to do it now. Damn area. Yeah. But yeah, it used to be. I'd, I'd always get stuck at that stoplight right there. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about Stranahan's is I almost never wanted to try this again. I know. Um, I always knew about it, and I knew it was... I don't I want to say it. I don't, it's not like super high-end, like Whistle Pig or anything like that, but mm-hmm. it's not cheap. No, it's not. And uh, we had a family event the Ooh, first year we were dating. Yeah, right? I think it was. Uh-huh. And... Uh, Somebody there was like, do you like, at the time I didn't drink bourbons whiskey. or whiskeys yeah. or anything. And he was like, do you like whiskey? And I was like, no, not really. He goes, you got to try this. And I said, well, I'm not going to like it. I don't like it. And the reason I didn't like it, and I always told people I didn't like bourbons or whiskeys, is because the only time I'd ever had them was somebody got them for me and I took a shot. Mm-hmm. I had never like stopped and tasted it and enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Right. It was really just like a, oh, God, it burns. burns. Uh-huh. Oh, fuck, that's gross. And, and I just never was a fan. And so he wouldn't stop. So he brings it out, brings out a big shot glass of it. And he's like, here, this is the best whiskey you got to have. And, and once again, I, I don't understand how people can drink it like that uh, and still be like, that was great. Yeah, I know. Well, because you, you, don't, you yeah. don't get to appreciate. I mean, it would be like shotgunning a craft beer or chugging a glass of wine. I know. You don't, you don't get the actual i guess appreciation for what's in the drink Mm -hmm. and so he gave it to me and i was like that was awful i was like that was like i don't even i told you i didn't like it i was kind of mad because i was Mm -hmm. like i don't like it at all yeah and we decided like you know what let's now that we are bourbon and whiskey connoisseurs Mm -hmm. we're like let's try it and it's it's really good freaking it is delicious yeah i love it it's, it is yeah, it's so awesome. good. I know. Well, I know, and I'm really glad that like we we decided to give uh, whiskeys and bourbons uh, another try, and how how we had our own little tasting little Event. night, yeah. yeah, of our own. And I think that that is something fun for couples to do. And if you like to drink, you know. <laughs> Why not? Why not mm-hmm. try some something new? Get a couple different bottles and and do what we did and add water to them and just taste them. Don't yeah. just sip on them. Don't shoot it because yeah, you don't get the you don't enjoy it. And that's that is how I was. I guess I don't know. Brought up in my teen years and stuff mm-hmm. to you know we'll just, just take a shot yeah. and. And it was it was always the same stuff though. People mm-hmm. like here here have a shot of Crown, mm-hmm. have a shot of Jack, have a shot of Jim Beam, have a shot shot of um, 
Ugh, what was the other one? Uh, the Three Wise Men. Johnny Walker. Oh, yeah. You know, stuff yeah. like that. And it was like, those things after getting back or getting into it from a tasting perspective, even ones that you would tend to be like, that was awful. Even like Shooting Jacks and Crowns and, mm-hmm. and Jim Beams. When you slow down and actually sip on them, mm-hmm. they're good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you you need to. I was watching these guys um, talk about the uh, bottles you need to have, five different types of bottles you need to have, and mm-hmm. they were talking about the importance of making sure you get a l- l- lower expensive but still decent type of quality to mix with, mm-hmm. and like you know this a bottle like this would be if what is special for you. It's a it's a non shareable mm-hmm. type of bottle. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. I, I remember the the one uh, documentary that we watched about what what was that one called? It was neat. on Tulu. It wasn't neat. It was called Neat. Uh, and how the guy from, gosh, what distillery was that? And how he he and his dad and his brother and they're like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you say them saving. He he's like, oh, I want to save this bottle. Well, I'm not to, talking about for, saving it. I'm just saying that he's saying that there's there's some that you should get that just you like. Oh, just to enjoy for yourself? Yeah, just for you. Yeah. But I think that you should have someone to enjoy it with. Well, I, don't I don't know. As an only child, I can appreciate <laughs> not sharing a nice bottle of whiskey with anybody. <laughs> well, you can share with me. Or I make it very special. And yeah. And I'm like, I don't share this with anybody. Mm-hmm. But I may share it with you. Yeah. I'm the only person you could share it with. Oh yeah, I was talking about other people though. Oh, and they're they're spe- yeah. extra special, yeah, yeah. But that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, when I say a bottle for me, I mean us. Yeah. <laughs> you know my we us I you thing. I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so anyway, uh, we're having trend ends, and it's freaking awesome. Yep. So yeah, go out and get you a bottle. But this week we we're, we're going to be talking about. Uh, I think it's it, this is going to be a pretty. Uh, Controversial? Do you think it would be? I I think it could be. I definitely think it could be. Okay. But uh, it's, I don't know, maybe not controversial. Maybe that's the wrong word. If you're doing what we're talking about, you're going to be irritated. But I think that's how most of our episodes are. I guess that's true. (laughs) That's true. People only, if I say, if I say, you know, you're, you're in, if I, if, if I'm trying to think of even a good example, if I'm like, you know, somebody that does that, well, you're just stupid and lazy. Mm-hmm. And if you get mad, you're basically admitting that I just said you were stupid and lazy. Yeah, right, yeah. If I'm not talking about you, don't think I'm talking about you, you won't be mad. Yeah, you, you might so agree with that. So if I this. say, like, well, if you cheated on your wife, you're a piece of shit, the only time you're going to get mad is if you are a cheating piece of shit. Yeah, that's true. Uh-huh. So anyway, we're going to be talking about people self-diagnosing. And self-diagnosing with a whole bunch of different things, really, yeah. not just one thing or the or another. Um, but we we've gotten multiple uh, listeners reach out to us, um, specifically one that we kind of wanted to touch on a little bit more. But um, and so we were like, yeah, of course, let's mm-hmm. that's something to talk about. So yeah. let's talk about it. But before we get started with this, Seth has his dumbass post of the week. Was this given to us by anybody? Mm-mm. Okay. No. My favorite friends are the ones I can tell all about what an asshole my husband was acting like, but they still know I love him and won't judge him the next time we go out as couples. Yeah. 
That's dumb. This is that, you know, if you're with that partner that you have to vent about. And, and the, the flip side of this is what, you know, we've experienced a few times is, and, and it's, it's all, every case has been the woman complaining about, it's been this scenario, it's been the woman complaining about her husband mm-hmm. or boyfriend. And the story's always the same. He did A, B, C, D, F, and G, and she's mad and she hates him, and then she expects us to not react to him or treat him any differently when we see him. Yeah. Or they get back together, or they patch things up, or whatever it is, after you've painted him the worst guy on the planet. I know. Well, and I would venture to say that most most of your friends probably, if you are this person, most of your friends probably think that you <laughs> there's something wrong with you anyway. Yeah, you're too. either a doormat, a pushover, a, a drama queen. Uh-huh. And, and once again, when you start pointing out all these flaws with your partner to your friends, your girlfriends, whoever, and then you're actually dumb enough to stay with them, you're the one that looks like the moron. Mm-hmm. And that's where you see the shift. Initially, people are like, like, oh my gosh, did you hear what he did to her last week? Did you hear? And then it's like, okay, we can only hear that so much. And it's like, well, she's bringing it on herself now. Mm-hmm. This is all on her. Yeah. She, you know, she has been complaining about it for two years. She gets whatever she deserves at this point. Cause yeah, I know. Well, and walk then away. I think that like the husbands the of the friend that she's telling this to is probably like, why in the fuck are you still friends with this chick? Right. We and we have to go to dinner with them now and be uncomfortable. Yeah. Because and and then the friends like, yeah, well whatever. I mean, he's an asshole, but blah blah blah. And the husband, I guess, is left feeling uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Or or it's it's the girlfriend that's like, "Oh yeah. Yeah, um Karen and Brad are coming over this weekend for drinks after you've just told me all the awful shit that Brad did to Karen in the last two weeks. Yeah. And now that they're having a good patch, I've got to put up with both their dumbasses. Yeah, I no. know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would not fly in our house yeah. at all. Like, you would be like, <laughs> I would know better not to. Well, my my face can't hide it. Uh-huh. That That's the problem, is my, my face can't hide it. And especially, like, even initially, when even... You can always just tell, like, even right off the bat if I'm irritated about something. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody else can probably tell that, too. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, like I said, we're going to be talking about self-diagnosing yourself. Or, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, self-diagnosing. <laughs> well, <laughs> specifically to stop self-diagnosing. And, uh, and, and like I said, we've had multiple people reach out. And, uh, specifically a, a woman reached out at telling us that her husband is, he's, I don't know, self-diagnosed himself with, uh, she, she didn't say, she didn't really come out and say he's self-diagnosing and that, and that's the thing that, you know, that, that's, that's the label that we put on it when it's not, and we'll, we'll dive into this, but, um. He basically is blaming everything on his depression, mm-hmm. which he has not been clinically diagnosed to have. Right. He's just depressed. And so when she suggested to him to go to the doctor, 
He doesn't want to go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. When she suggests simple things like, well, get some more exercise, get outside, go get some fresh air, get in the sunlight, go whatever, he doesn't want to do that. And everything has just turned into this ball of depression. He wants to sit around and, and do nothing because he's depressed. He doesn't have a sex drive because he's depressed. He doesn't groom himself because he's depressed. He doesn't go after anything in his career because he's depressed. And so all of his his choices mm -hmm. to do or not do, at this point, to not do anything, he's blaming on something that in her eyes is not real. Yeah. And, you know, her her main, I guess, cry for help was how do I, if, if he's got a problem, I want to get him help. But it, it's almost kind of like the boy that cries wolf. Yeah, I know. Well, I know, because it's because she's like, you know, I don't want to seem like a bitch of a mm -hmm. partner and just keep telling him, like, you're... <laughs> you're okay you, nothing's wrong with you you just you just need to do this this mm -hmm. and this and he won't listen to yeah. all of that and and he's giving those those rebuttals of things that she can't prove mm -hmm. like well you don't know what it feels like i just i can't describe it it's just, and and he he gets intentionally vague to be able to keep playing the depression card which if he is truly depressed he gets it when that's the thing was whenever she's like well, you need to go to the doctor he says well i don't i don't need a doctor to tell me i'm depressed i know i'm depressed mm -hmm. and she's like well he can you he can put you on antidepressants and he's like well i don't want to get addicted to anything and i don't want to self-medicate and it's like well you you, you don't want to self-medicate but you want to self-diagnose yeah i know and you don't want to to try to find a solution mm -hmm. and that's her biggest issue with it is Trying to find the solution for this problem. Yeah. Because it's becoming a problem in both of their lives, not just his. And, you know, it's been a problem with his life, but now she's like, it's becoming a problem with our marriage, with our kids, seeing him like this, and, um, and their sex life and mm -hmm. everything too. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it was... Because I I think that it's I think it's a pretty tough topic to it is to I, discuss it is I mean we are I'm, I'm trying to figure out the best way to preface this I have now been working in healthcare in very centric mental health behavioral health since for eleven over eleven years now mm -hmm. um, you how long did you work in healthcare for six years six years. Mm -hmm. So we aren't we aren't people that haven't seen this. I mean, I one of my functions I managed the security for one of Colorado's top behavioral health and mental health facilities. Mm -hmm. um, I've worked with places across the country that have, you know, we work directly with their mental health departments and their patients and their staff and everything. And so I'm I'm very exposed oh, yeah. to this, and I think that people would probably. One of the problems with having this conversation is it's the it's the same type of argument that I know, I know it's different, but it's the same type of argument when a woman is pregnant, has a child and says, that's the worst pain anybody will ever know. Mm -hmm. Well, if you've never had a child or you're not a woman, you, you, you can't argue that. Mm -hmm. And it's this, I guess, 
kind of convenient way for someone to shut down an argument by saying, well, you don't know, so you can't have an opinion on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are certain things that are kind of like that that I will agree with. The problem when it comes to mental health and behavioral health and people self-diagnosing of anxieties and depressions and phobias and OCDs and ADHDs and all of these things, these are all key things that everybody nowadays tend to wear as a badge of honor. And if you have 20 people that say, I have anxiety and depression, one of them is actually diagnosed with it. Yeah. And the other 19 just have the same feelings that everybody else does. They just don't handle them the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, and doctors, for the most part, will tell you what you want to hear. If I go to the doctor right now, and I'm like, you know, I'm just, I, I just, I can't seem to get my mind right. I, I am, I, I'm, you know, it's not that I'm having negative thoughts. Everything's just kind of blah. I'm, I'm not really enjoying this. I'm not really, you know, things don't really excite me anymore. I don't really have a path of where my life wants to go. I'm not super, I'm not really upset with my relationship, but I'm not really happy with it. And, and I don't hate my job, but I don't love it. And they're going to say, oh, well, you sound depressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not the case. You're literally in a lull. And there are certain things that people that actually have that are like, don't tell me to get over it. Don't tell me it's a phase. Don't tell me this and that. And so for anybody that is actually clinically, correctly clinically diagnosed, Mm -hmm. I'm not talking to you. Mm -hmm. But there are so many people out there that pull this phantom card out of like, I can't go to that event. You know how bad I get anxiety. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, no, you, you don't have anxiety. Mm-hmm. I know. You know, oh, well, you, you know me. You know me and my OCD. And OCD is kind of that little term thing for people that are organized now. You, know, you don't have OCD. You just like things organized and planned. Doesn't mean you have fucking OCD. Yeah. <laughs> right. I know. You know? Yeah. And there are certain, just because you're like, oh, that painting on the wall's crooked, let me fix it. That doesn't mean you have OCD. That means the painting on the wall's crooked, I'm going to fucking fix it. <laughs> <laughs> Right. You don't yeah. have to be like, oh, my OCD is killing me. I got to go fix this. Uh-huh. It's like, no, that's not OCD. Yeah. And so people, the general population that aren't knee deep in actually what's going on in the mental health type of world and capacity may feel they're close to it, may feel they understand it. They may have walked a doctor documentary on it. They may have a friend or family member they think it went through this. And so they feel that they're very well versed in these things, tend to latch on to those type of behaviors and words and key phrases and and acronyms and terminology and all that stuff to try to validate their own tics and nerves and Mm -hmm. issues that they have when it hasn't been clinically explored or diagnosed and you're you're basically now skipping WebMD altogether Mm -hmm. and just saying you just see a commercial about you know and I I did this with with my (laughs) ex-wife Saw a commercial that laid out very generic things that are in depression that a lot of people have. And I'm like, oh, but she's depressed. We need to get her on antidepressants. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you tend to find the answer or the solution. So I guess if you're looking for a solution that you already are biased towards that you think you have. Yeah, I know. Well, I think it's funny because uh, my one, one of my clients today, we were talking about, we were talking about um, hypochondriacs. And, uh, and I've, I, we were talking about how bad it's gotten with the internet mm-hmm. and that just, 
looking everything up. I mean, I remember when I was working in the hospital and people coming in and saying, oh, WebMD I said this. this. Oh, yeah, oh. I, I went on and I Googled this and blah, 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 or I WebMD this. You know everything. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and like you in the healthcare world, and I know that there's, there's really genuine people that work in the healthcare field that are great and don't do this, but the, it seems like the longer that you work in the healthcare field, the more you roll your eyes at those types of things. And, and it is always the boy who cried wolf. Mm -hmm. And, and you start to not really care about people's feelings. And if it is real, then you end up feeling bad because, Oh shit, I guess they were telling the truth. Yeah. I mean, you, you get into that industry wanting to help people. Mm -hmm. Nobody gets into it thinking that, I want to see people suffer and um, I don't care about people and I don't have any compassion or empathy or sympathy or, or anything like that at all. But that's what comes after you deal with the thousands of people that come in there for things that they don't need to be in there for mm -hmm. or for the self-diagnosed things. I mean, I, I don't know how many times I saw somebody come into the ER in a panic I'm having a panic attack. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And the nurse says, we aren't going to take you back for vitals until you stop acting like this. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I can't help it. I can't help it. Like, yes, you can. Stop. Just mm -hmm. stop. And they would eventually stop. Mm -hmm. Which is like, okay, there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. There was no reason to act like that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, people coming in for minor things like a headache. Mm -hmm. People coming in for minor things like... Or things that, you know, you can't do anything about. I think I broke my pinky toe. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You that broke sucks. your pinky toe. Here's a $4,000 bill for telling me so. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know. Um, uh. So we saw people that did come in that didn't want to self-diagnose, mm -hmm. but they abused the system. Mm -hmm. And then we saw others that came in for anything and everything and never had anything. Mm -hmm. and, and we dealt with those hypochondriacs. We dealt with those, uh, what's, the, what's the other one? Where you just can't explain what's wrong with them. Um, dang it. Uh, I can't remember. I want to say it starts with a, like a K or a C or something like that. I don't remember. You know what I'm talking about I though? I think so. God, it's, uh -huh. it's probably going to tempt me after we... But it's basically, it's basically you come in there with, with generic complaints. You don't really know what's wrong. Something's just not right. You just... And it's like, okay, well, what? You know, it's like going to the auto mechanic and being like, well, the engine sounds good. You got plenty of oil. There's no check engine light on. Your tires are all filled up. What's, I don't know. I just feel like there's something wrong with the car. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with the car. And that's kind of how it is with, with the body and the, mm -hmm. the being. If you can't say, you know, well, I'm getting a headache right here in the front of my forehead every day at 3 p.m. Mm -hmm. You know, or it hurt. Even the, the cliche, it hurts when I put my arm over my head. That's at least something you can say, oh, well, here's what's wrong. Yeah. But when you're just like, something, just something. something's not right. I can just tell. Uh -huh. um, and the scary thing about when you start to look up things, you're still, WebMD is still just a form of self-diagnosis. Uh -huh. It's not oh, yeah. a real diagnosis thing. Uh -huh. Everything's cancer. <laughs> oh, gosh. I know. That is, <laughs> that's like the worst. Because huh? yeah. you do, I mean, and I know we all do it. We all do. It's like. We all I look, do for injuries. Yeah, we all look something up. 
the you know oh i have a sore throat or something and uh, i wonder if it's tonsillitis or see i, I don't i don't i i don't do it for sicknesses or illness mm-hmm. i do it for injuries, injuries. Uh-huh. when i'm like what the heck's wrong with this do i have a torn rotator cuff do i have a, a herniated disc do i have what was some of my recent injuries that i was like i mean i finally after years of complaining finally went and <laughs> Started to get it fixed. Yeah, and and it really was something very wrong. Yeah, so my self-diagnosis was right. <laughs> and I know that I know that sometimes we we do think that we know what we're talking about, but you you need to go to the actual an actual well, physician. And the the problem with it is not not knowing that it's it's there's nothing wrong with saying I I, I just know I'm depressed. The problem is when you don't want a solution to that. Yeah. And part of the first step of that solution is to go and be seen so they can start to help you. Um, you know, if, even if I want to equate that to my injury, if you know, it wasn't that my shoulders are really bad and I want to lift weights, but I can't lift weights because my shoulders are so bad. And you were like, well, go to the doctor so they can fix you. I was continuing to live life and do everything I wanted. In pain. In pain, (laughs) but I was still persevering. Mm -hmm. People that tend to self-diagnose with these other disorders like depression and anxiety and things like that. They make excuses to not do They aren't living life. They Uh aren't pushing through. They're they're using that as the crutch as to why they don't succeed or don't try this or don't do that or don't socialize or don't anything. Right. That's what they tend to go to. So that's where being the partner of someone that is seeing that it's you know the other day you were like oh my gosh i've got you're complaining about something hurting Mm -hmm. and i was like well did you take ibuprofen and you're like no no (laughs) well let me go take that real quick (laughs) yeah and 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 so that's but you could imagine what that would be like all Uh the time oh i know you're like well hey let's go to this oh i just i can't i just can't bring myself to get out of the house and go do that and okay well, are we going to go? Let's go see a doctor about that. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to go to the doctor. So when you don't want the real solution and you don't want to take the easy step or the, the first initial steps, even that's non-clinical, like the exercise and the diet and other what things like that. It? What was Because you're pretty stubborn with that stuff, too. Because uh, remember when when you did something or you were sick and... And uh, your coworker, she was like, "Did you go to the doctor?" And and I kept telling you, "You need to go." To no, the doctor. it was when we thought what I had it? a thought of my it was I had pancreas uh, an issue with my pancreas or that my appendix was an issue or yeah, but it was really my ribs. It was your ribs. That's what it was. Well, it's self diagnosed. I self diagnosed <laughs> it. The scary pain went away. Yeah, and so and. Yeah, because you, you would be that partner that would say, no, no. Just... Yeah, but I wouldn't stop doing anything. Uh-huh. That, that's my that, point. I guess there, there's a difference between being stubborn yeah. and not wanting help <laughs> and someone that continually fucking complains about something and doesn't want help. Uh-huh. I wasn't like, oh, I can't do anything. I hurt. And, and you know, laid up for two weeks uh-huh. with you not knowing anything that's wrong. I mean, it's like on Parks and Rec when Andy breaks his legs and leaves his cast on for two extra weeks because Anne's or I said Anne, yeah, it is Anne. Yeah. Anne's waiting on him hand and foot. Yeah. I don't pull that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so th- there's a difference. And I'm not trying to defend what I did. I'm just saying that uh-huh. there there is a difference between someone that con- I didn't use that as an excuse to not do anything. It, 
the exit opposite because I still went to the gym and you uh-huh. were mad because uh-huh, I, was I was still working out and yeah. we didn't know what was wrong. Uh-huh. And if she hadn't have told me, the coworker hadn't have told me to not come out for the trip, I still wouldn't have went out because I was supposed to go out to Denver. Denver, I know. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know exactly what was sure. I didn't. The reason I didn't go to the hospital is because I didn't have a fever. Uh-huh. And if it had been my appendix or something like that, I would have had a fever. I know. Well, I know. And that, I guess that's the problem with like us and working in the hospital and stuff. And us knowing, like, they're just going to say this. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> so, you know, drink lots of fluids, get yeah, some rest. <laughs> that's it. Like, Rotate ice and heat. Yeah, we whatever. know. It's and, the same thing for everything. Yeah, and we're, we know what they're going to say. So it's like, why, why go? We're bad about that, about going to the doctor because mm-hmm. of that. Well, if you feel bad... Then just go, no, no, why? Why spend all that money? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And mine's really not the money, it's the time. Oh. Uh, sit there and wait. Yeah, I don't I want think, to deal with that. For me, I think it's it's the money. Oh, I'm yeah. like, that. Why? I'm not going to waste my money on that. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. I know what they're going to say. <laughs> but I think we, we've really gotten to a point as a society where you're you're not allowed to kind of speak out against that anymore i know um because everybody's afraid everybody's afraid like oh you, you know walk on eggshells over here around this person because they're they're really depressed and mm-hmm. you know and it's, it's really people saying you don't want to be the reason somebody shot themselves in the head mm-hmm. and it's like well i'm not going to go after you and make fun of you or or anything like that but once again if you are saying and claiming you have an issue go get help yes Yes. But at the same time, you have to be truthful on your journey to a solution. Are, are you because people tend to associate grief and depression and things like that with feelings they just don't want to experience. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this when losing family members, losing losing loved ones that there are people that want to Take something, drink something, eat something, swallow a pill, do something to avoid the pain that comes along with grief. Mm -hmm. And grief is a very natural and much needed emotion and process when you lose someone. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you have clinical depression and you're going to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that... That all of these negative things are happening. What you, you people just aren't used to feeling that pain and sorrow, and so when they experience a very powerful emotion like that for the the first time, mm-hmm. it feels crippling, and they are just like, I don't know why I feel this way. And it's like, well, you feel this way because someone just died, mm-hmm. yeah. and there's nothing wrong with you, and mm. you should. It's real feeling. Yeah, you should be experiencing exactly what you're feeling. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying enjoy it or embrace it, but it is part of the process. Now, if you lost that loved one in 1997 and you're still acting this way, there is a very deep-rooted process that you didn't go through in the grieving process mm-hmm. to fully recover and bounce back and you need to and you need help with go that. yes that. yeah well i think that people try i mean some some people try to i don't know i want i was thinking some people bottle it up but they don't bottle it those people don't bottle it bottle it up they continue to talk about it mm-hmm. and i wonder what what is going on with that like what goes through their head and why do they still have those issues and problems every year like come the 
the anniversary, anniversary of yeah. stuff like that. Um, I don't know. But th- those are things that we, we have we have come accustomed to with these, and I'm going to say the term get out of jail free card, um, but it's really the everybody grieves on their own. Yeah. And everybody goes to their own problem. And, and yes, I'm not disagreeing with that, but we tend to use these shutdown type statements as not excuses but really as a means to not deal with the issue at hand Mm -hmm. and saying you know you know what i don't want to say it's not normal i don't want to say that people don't grieve differently but i am concerned that you know your uncle passed away when you were six and you were now 52 Mm -hmm. and every year in September, when it comes to his death, you shut down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could say that's not normal, and you need to get over it, and you need to move on. But even taking those aside, why do you go through this? Mm-hmm. Well, and with you saying that, oh, I could say it's not normal, and you need to get over it, people don't want to hear that at all. That's why I said take that aside. Just uh-huh. don't, I mean, even not saying those things. Asking the question, why do you go through this every year? They don't even want to hear that, though. Yeah. Because... You're, you're just supposed to let them be. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I feel for the people that are that are on the other side of it, though. Wondering and just wanting their... this Like this woman, wanting their partner to be better. Yeah. And, and it's almost, you know, like, uh, of course, in... It's me thinking about my my old partner and the addiction stuff and hoping and praying that your partner is going to be better. And it's the same type of thing in a different way that you're it's like, what else do you do other than Mm -hmm. hope and pray that they're going to get better? You try to help them out. You try to get them the help that they need. But you can only... But they don't want... You can't help people that don't, don't want, want to help, help themselves. Right. And don't want help. And, that, and that's where, as a partner in a relationship, it is, it, it's a very, very challenging predicament to be in. Because mm-hmm. you're basically... You're then... You go through phases. You initially notice there's a problem. And, and, and most people tend to take that initial callous approach to it. Well, what's wrong? Just suck it up. What's, mm-hmm. Why are you so depressed? Why, why do you act like this? You didn't used to act like this. And we start to almost try to make them feel bad for feeling whatever it is that they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And that's the wrong way to approach it. But I, unfortunately, I think that's how most people initially approach that situation. Mm-hmm. Then then selfishly, <laughs> you start to realize that their attitude and their issues are now negatively affecting you. Mm-hmm. So you're like, well, I don't want this anymore. And, and then we try to, we don't want to make it sound selfish. We don't want to say, look, your depression, anxiety is really messing up our sex life. Mm -hmm. That's a very selfish thing to say. (laughs) So you don't initially say that. Maybe you do if you're an idiot, but you don't really come flat out and say that. You you try to play the the part of the concerned partner. Mm -hmm. And then that's when you're like, well... Let's go find out what's going on. You know, let's. I, I'm really worried about you. Let's get you fixed first, and blah blah blah. And so you play that card, and then they still don't want the help. And then, then, then you go through the next phase of, okay, I am legitimately concerned now. Mm-hmm. It's no longer about me. I think initially it was. Now I, there is a problem, and then they still don't want help. And then you get angry. Yeah. And you're like, 
then you, then you get selfish again. And you're like, if you won't do this for you, you need to at least do this for us mm-hmm. because you are ruining our relationship with this. Mm-hmm. Us or our kids. Yeah. Or and they, they don't, it's, it's almost taboo nowadays to even hint that the depression, anxieties, the feelings, the emotions that somebody's going through is their own burden, which is so weird to say. I know. That it's not saying it's your fault. You're not saying it's your fault that you're depressed. Mm -hmm. What you're saying is you are the only one that can fix this. Yeah. And they are the only one that can fix it. Yeah. And, but they don't want to... They want you to try to empathize, yeah, and and be like, "Well, I want I want to know what you're going through," mm-hmm. but they don't want to. They don't want to fix it themselves. Yeah. So I don't know. It's really it's really really weird. Mm-hmm. And then then you then you just kind of it's like your mission to okay. And then you're like, well, if you if you don't want to go get help then something must not be wrong. Mm-hmm. You're just doing this to do it. And then that's when you're like, is that really true? Is somebody Would somebody really just continually act this way because they're mean or because they want... what? What's the end game here? What are they trying to get out of mm-hmm. it? What? Mm-hmm. What's the point? And so when you're going through something like that, if you're the one that's experiencing those feelings, those emotions, and you are denying your yourself any type of recovery process... Not that it's your fault, but you do have to understand and realize that there is a domino effect of when you don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and that, that's where we, we, we tend as a society nowadays to coddle them to the point that they don't feel like they have... Saying that you're responsible for how you're feeling is different than saying it's your responsibility to fix you. Mm-hmm. And we seem to take that away from them, where it's really like, you know, I'm just here for you. I, I, I can't imagine what you're going through, but you just have to process this to go through it and, and let me know what I can do. But if they're not an actionable person, they won't try to fix it on their own. Mm-mm. They will just fester. Yeah. And as a spouse, a partner, a family member, a loved one, whatever your role may be, you don't want to sit idly by and watch somebody that's just giving up and doesn't want to fix it. And I think as a partner, especially when you're you're really feeling the negative effects of what they're going through reverberate through your own household and your bedroom and your children's lives and all of that stuff, you feel like, look, we're in this together. And because we're in this together, 50% of the responsibility to get you better is mine. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to at least meet a you good halfway. Partner. A yeah. good partner would do that. Yeah. Um, you know, I know, I guess like going back to, uh, not wanting to get the help and, and them actually needing the help too. Like, I remember when I was, uh, I was a, I don't know, maybe like 13, 14. And, um, I grew up with an aunt that was paranoid schizophrenic mm-hmm. with, um, bipolar, like was, uh, her other diagnosis Mm -hmm. so i mean it was a very real and um i don't know it 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 really sucked having to having to see my aunt go through that and 
So she was diagnosed when she was 21 years old, and it it was she was actually medically diagnosed. Yeah. And but then when we when I was um, like 13 or 14 years old, I remember her getting off of her meds mm-hmm. because she thought that she could do it by herself. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, oh, I'll be okay. And my mom would always have to, you know, take care of her and watch over her and make sure that she was still taking her meds. And then she stopped taking her meds. And it was a complete nightmare. Oh, my gosh. And so, I mean, I know that there's, there's these, you know, real diagnosis that you need to, you need actual help. And... These people, I don't, I know that some people are too stubborn Mm -hmm. and some people just want to diagnose themselves, but just go to, go to the doctor, go and actually get the help that you need if you actually need it. Well, that's the kicker is somebody that's thinking this stuff will spend more time looking at a meme to share on their their high-functioning depression of, well, here's what I'm feeling and here's what you see mm-hmm. instead of actually going and getting the help that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you see that with these self-diagnosis people is they, they want public support and they want it's almost like if I can publicly acknowledge what I think I have and people can publicly support me, then it must be real. And I don't feel alone when I do that. But... They still haven't taken the basic step of, is there anything wrong? Mm-hmm. Find out what's wrong. Yeah, I know. And, you know, don't worry about joining support groups. Don't worry about posting about it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Don't go get help. Go get diagnosed and get help. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, that's the last thing people do if they do it at all. Mm-hmm. But the first step is, well, let me see. Let me Google it. Mm-hmm. Then the second step is, all right, let me throw something out on social media about it to see are people going to judge me if I tell them that, that I have anxiety or I'm, I'm depressed. Oh, no, they didn't. Okay. And then all you get is another 25 self-diagnosed people that feel you. Mm-hmm. And it's the blind leading the blind. I know. Yeah. You know, but that's where, I mean, in, in today's world, you're, you're, you're not allowed to say half the stuff that I'm saying because it's, it's this off-limits subject mm-hmm. that... Like, how dare you challenge? You don't know what's going on in my mind. No, I don't know. But if you haven't gone and seen a doctor and you haven't been correctly diagnosed, I mean... I mean, uh, yeah. And and I think that we, we're specifically focusing on on depression and, and stuff like that right now, but uh, which happens a lot. Well, that's lot. because of what the, the message was Right, we got. exactly. But I even think... Cause I see it a lot in being in the fitness world too Mm -hmm. and women specifically diagnosing themselves with like a a thyroid Mm -hmm. issue and oh I can't lose weight because of this and that Mm -hmm. because I have this issue or that issue and most of the time nine times out of ten I would say they you find out that they haven't actually been diagnosed that they are diagnosing themselves and it's like okay have you tried to to change up your diet Mm -hmm. have you tried this have you tried that and most of the time they they haven't tried all of that 
They're just or diagnosing. they don't try it long enough. That's, That's where true. you'll get the people like, I've tried everything to lose weight. I've joined a gym. I've taken Zumba class. I eat healthy. And then you start to dig into it. Quit. And you find out they didn't really try it. They attempted it for a, a short period of time. And even if somebody's like, well, I did it for 30 days. Did you really? And even if you did, obviously 30 days wasn't long enough. Mm-hmm. Maybe 60 days wasn't long enough. Maybe three years wasn't long enough. Mm-hmm. Everybody's different. Yeah. You I know. know. But, but that's the other thing you find out is, is on the tail end of that self-diagnosis, it's this, this, this presentation of I'm lost. I don't know what else to do because I've tried everything. And it's like, no, you haven't tried everything. You've tried something and you didn't get immediate results. You didn't get the results you wanted in the ex- time frame that you expected in your own head. And so now you think you've tried everything. Mm-hmm. But you haven't. Yeah. Uh-huh, I know. Well, I know, and uh, even I was thinking about, like, you and your ex, and you guys going to specific doctors and stuff, or maybe it was her... No, she did it, too. Okay. It was her, her, mom, her mom did this. Her mom got the notion that she had lupus, mm-hmm. and lupus is predominantly a trait in 40-plus... Uh, black women mm-hmm. that's where it's most commonly found and not saying that it can't happen to anybody else but that's most commonly who experiences it and so she got it she saw something on tv dateline something i mm-hmm. don't know she got in her head she had lupus so she goes to the doctor says i think you have lupus doctor says, you don't have lupus they tested her no you don't have it she's yes i did you don't know yes i do you don't know what you're talking about so she went to another doctor same thing. She went to another doctor. Same thing. She did this five times, the five or six. And finally, the last doctor, the sixth or seventh doctor, she told him, look, I've gone to this doctor, this doctor, this doctor, and I know I have lupus. They've all told me I don't have lupus. And he said, well, if you want me to tell you you have lupus and diagnose you with lupus, I can do that. And she did. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I want. Okay. Well, you have lupus. Here's your meds. Yeah. And then she felt better. Well, at least we now, at least we know what's wrong now. And it's like no, you 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 weren't looking for a solution. You you were you created a problem that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that 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 was where there are some people that you plant that seed of of an illness in their head. There's something wrong with me. There's yeah, something wrong with you. And, and it just it, grows and grows unintentionally and grows. Yeah. too. Like you, like you said, she could, you know, you could see something on on TV and mm-hmm. and think that, oh shoot, that's I have all of those symptoms, and you only have like one, right, <laughs> or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that goes with the the hypochondriac stuff too. Um, trying just well, I mean, if you tell somebody, do you have is your heart rate higher than normal? Do you seem flushed? Are you out of breath? Are you sweating profusely and you say that and you say yeah i'm talking about after you have sex <laughs> like oh okay well then that's not bad <laughs> but you, you you can apply the same symptoms to so many things right that it's completely unrealistic for someone that has no clue i think it's unrealistic to expect a doctor to figure it out i mean that, that's the thing i deal with is <laughs> i don't trust the medical profession anyway yeah. to diagnose me correctly even if i do have something wrong um so and yeah, I think you know. I, I would be the, I would be the last one. I, I, I would want to. It's not just that I would self-diagnose. I would want to 
self rehab and self. What am I looking for? Mm. I, I'd rather fix it, let it run its course. Mm-hmm. I'd rather fix it myself. I mean, I've had sinus infections, I've had upper respiratory issues, I've had, you know, whatever, and I don't go. Yeah. And it's like I know what to do. I know what fluids to drink. I know not to do this. I know to do that. I know eat this, don't eat that, and yeah, and it runs its course and. And you're fine. I'm fine. Yeah, I know. I think even with like the coronavirus too, mm-hmm. people are are just like trying to to see. Oh, I have this one symptom. I mean, and, and there's people. Well, that it's are, scary right now. Yeah. And and we we've had friends. We've had you know even Seth and Taylor mm-hmm. have gone through this. We we know a lot of people that are like, I've been exposed. I might have it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, are you showing any symptoms? Well, no, mm-hmm. but maybe I'm asymptomatic because I heard about that. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, so it's like, okay, and, and at least people can go get tested. Yeah, and be like, no, you don't. So then, but then I guess my question would be like, so what did you think you had? I know. Well, and because if the, there's no symptoms, uh huh. Well, and then I think that some people are almost like. Uh, disappointed that they don't that they have don't it. have it you know and it's like why would you be disappointed <laughs> disappointed that you don't have it when you should be thankful like thank god it. yeah the because i mean the people that that i know that have had it have gone through hell i mean it's been really freaking bad mm-hmm. and you don't want to have something like that and you shouldn't feel like, oh man, I wish I would have. I wish would have came back positive. Yeah, that's yeah. awful. Um, I don't know. I mean, what, uh, what would you, what would your advice be to to this lady though that has this husband that is, you know, depressed and? Yeah, I mean, I think it really kind of comes down to figuring out. What he's willing to do for whom. Mm-hmm. If he's obviously made it clear that he doesn't want to do it for himself, leverage your marriage and the children. Mm-hmm. Or whatever else it is. I mean, it, you almost, I don't want to say you have to run it like an intervention, but you have to figure out what means enough in their life to go fix the problem. Mm-hmm. And if they don't want to fix it, then you're stuck in that single person rowboat. I know. Well, and like I said, you know, it is like dealing with an addict Mm -hmm. in a weird type of way. But because uh, like you said, people that don't want to don't don't want to fix them or don't want to help. Don't (laughs) want help. You can't help people that don't want to help themselves. Yeah. uh And you can't help them, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And they have to, they have to want it. They have to, to want to try to seek it out. And it's just, I think it's just so frustrating though, trying to deal with a partner like that Mm -hmm. and just knowing you kind of knowing that really, I don't think there's anything wrong with you Mm -hmm. though. I think that you you just need to get happy yeah. some somehow some way and and I don't know even if it does take you guys 
leaving each other, then that's that's what it's going to have to take. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people don't... Re- I mean, I didn't realize. I wouldn't have ever diagnosed myself as depressed when I was with my ex, but looking back now, looking at all of the... Everything that I went through and gaining weight and, and all that, I would say, wow, yeah, you probably were depressed. Yep. But... I mean, I got out of it, and mm. I got out of that relationship, and look how happy I am now. Right. I don't know. You have to you have to do something about it your, yourself, and hopefully, it's just hard being that partner, though. Well, and I think you, you bring up a, an interesting point that we didn't talk about, is the, the ones that are going through something that don't know what they're going through. There's mm. like this one little, nah, nah. I don't know where they're coming from. Um, but that you're going through something, you don't realize what it is. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that they don't, it, it's a hindsight. Mm-hmm. You don't realize like, oh my gosh, I guess I was going through this. I guess I felt this way because I did that I, or because I was depressed. But, but why was I depressed? And you're able to kind of point to it. The people that, that obviously have something wrong, but there's nothing to point to. That's where, as a partner, when you see it happening, you're like, well, I don't, I don't even know, like, if, if it's, you know, if they're depressed because of their job, then let's find a new job. But if that's not it, if they're depressed because of something I did, maybe I'll stop doing that. But that's not it. If you're just, and, and that's where a lot of people that really go through this, there's, they can't, they can't say, well, this is, I'm depressed because of this. In mm-hmm. your situation, you would be able to say, well, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. And, but no doctor is going to say, well, you need to get out of this relationship. Yeah. I mean, a, a counselor may or a psychiatrist or something yeah, like that maybe. would. Uh-huh. But if you went to a doctor, mm-hmm. a physician, and said, I think I'm really depressed. They would just give me meds. And yeah, be like, they would just oh, give you meds. Here you go. And that's not what, what made me happy mm-hmm. <laughs> with meds. It was getting into a better place in my life well so what do you do you think that that's do you think that that's an issue that people have where they you know if if i had if i had went to a doctor when i was in my last relationship and said you know what i just my drive is gone um i don't really have any self-esteem i'm not confident um all i do is is play video games all night long when i'm at home and um and you know this this is my life I'm not drinking, I'm not eating, but you know, this is just it. If if a doctor didn't try to find out what was going on in my home life and said, "Well, here's these pills. Mm-hmm. Take these and see how you feel." Wouldn't that be like the worst way of just band-aiding the root cause of the problem? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so you you wonder how many people Suppressing are going it. through that. Uh-huh. Uh, well, the pill, yeah, the pills numbing you mm-hmm. to get through this awful shitty life you have. Instead of fixing your life, mm-hmm. you're just numbing it. And and I guess that kind of ties back into what I said about the grief and everything. Those normal emotions you're supposed to go through will pass, but I think the same thing with when you're in that awful relationship and a lot of times people will seek that that pill out as a way to avoid the inevitable of getting out of the relationship in the first place. Well, if I can just take some pills and it'll just kind of numb me and I can get through this and maybe they'll trick me into thinking I'm happy, like mm-hmm. some kind of weird form of hypnosis. Like nobody can say, yeah, your life's awful, but I'm going to hypnotize you and you're going to think your life's great. 
mm-hmm. you'll still know that something's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, but medication can kind of numb you and dull some of those senses that you deal with, but it's not, there That's is no true. end of the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. You're, unless you get out of the relationship, you're, mm-hmm. you're stuck medicated forever just to deal with the awful relationship you're in. Oh gosh. I don't know. I don't know if there's like a, a good solution yeah. for, for all of the, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't think there's a good solution for her to tell her this exact this is exactly what you should do because I mean you can try a couple different things and it sounds like she has tried well, she she suggested what he should do but I, I think that she's still at the point where she's trying to get him to do what he needs to do for him mm-hmm. and he needs to do what he should do for her mm-hmm. and for the kids and I've said it on here before if you're with anything if your partner doesn't care enough about you to take the steps to repair themselves a relationship, that's all you need to know about the strength of that relationship. I know. That's very true. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I know. And I'm not a fan of ultimatums, but I am a fan of saying this is the reality of the situation that, you, that we have created now because mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they had, it was like a few episodes ago we talked about, you know, Showing people making progress of just, a, you know, just taking that step to fix the situation mm-hmm. is a sign of faith. When, you know, it's like, when do I walk away? Well, if they're putting forth effort, then you don't need to walk away. You can keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But once that stops, if then... They've, if they've thrown in the they've towel... they've given yeah. up, yeah, then why should you even try to salvage anything? Yep. I don't know. Um, I think that, ah, yeah, I think that I was like, I think I was a little bit nervous to talk about this just because, because of. Well, there's very strong opinions on, yeah. on, I don't even think both sides. I think on one you're, side. You're really, this deck is really stacked against you if you're, if you're going to come out and say anything negative about it, uh, anything other than. Then, oh, poor thing. Mm-hmm. You don't or, have any idea what they're doing. Yeah, you don't need to tell them what they need to do. Yeah. And you don't need to... Yeah, I don't know. I think that... Then uh, you tell me what the solution is. Yeah, I know. And it can't be, leave them alone. Because mm-hmm. that's not a solution yeah. at all. There has to be a solution to <laughs> like, it. What, what's the point of that? Yeah. That doesn't help anything. I mean, it's... People want to a pat on the back in all shapes and forms of life for just going through the motions instead of actually attaining anything. Mm -hmm. And going through something like a depression, anxiety, something like that that requires a a medical diagnosis and clinical help and and medication and things like that, when it's legitimate, that's how you get results and have a solution. Mm -hmm. But just to talk about it and complain about it, to talk about it for attention or for a cop-out or for a trump card in something, you're actually causing more harm to those that really have those issues. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, really, though. Because people like me, you see the 10 people lined up, and only one of them actually have it, and the other nine of them just whine about it on Facebook all the fucking time, and there's nothing wrong with them. I know. Well, I wonder how the people that, that actually have something like clinically diagnosed... And they see all these other people, and they're like, 
You motherfuckers. Yeah. Well, and the people that have, most of the people that I've, that I've worked with, that I've talked to, that I've dealt with in my profession, that, you know, I've, I've had in my personal life, they weren't the ones that were vocal about it all the time. They are vocal about it, how they recovered. And they, they are the ones that want to extend that hand and say, if you're going through this, I'm here. Let me know. They, they are, they are activists for the, for the solution. Yeah. They aren't pro- yeah, you should be pouring your heart out on every social media platform about what you're dealing with no. because that's not what they that's not what they did. Uh-huh. And they don't see that as a healthy coping mechanism for someone to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Problems have to be solution based. They do. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, there's no, I don't think there's, if you don't want the solution, then there's, you're just, you're just wanting, you're just wanting attention Mm -hmm. if you're not wanting a solution. Well, I don't think this guy was looking for attention. I don't know what his intentions are. I think she's just really kind of feeling lost and at the end of the road with, he, you know, is claiming he's depressed, but you know, I'm I'm re- I went through these these levels of oh my gosh, I feel you know, or I went through that first thing of we'll fix it. Then it's like okay, well this is now affecting me. Okay, now it's affecting you. Okay, now I'm mad to prove it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like if for nothing else, let's just you've been saying this for months. You haven't done anything to try to improve it. You won't go to the doctor. You won't seek help. She's at a point where she doesn't believe that he really has what he's claiming he has. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, she's like, I want to believe him. I want to trust him. Why would he make that up? But mm-hmm. when he is adamantly denying any alternative solution to it, I have no other choice but to believe he's lying about it. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. That's, that's a sucky situation to be in. No. My gosh. Well, yeah, I don't have I don't have anything else to add to it. Um, like I said, I think that it was. Uh, I, I, I was more I was more scared to talk about it just because of maybe the heat that we would get from it. Just because I know that I know how unempathetic we sound sometimes Mm -hmm. with it and i think that maybe i don't think that i don't think we came off that bad (laughs) but i think that uh i think that definitely some people will be like fuck them (laughs) but i mean that's this is this is our podcast i'm here to treat your marriage not your depression this is what we what this is what we (laughs) believe though and so um, yeah, I am in no way, shape, or form qualified to tell anybody how to deal with depression. Yeah. I guess I should have said that at the beginning. I guess that's true. Yeah. Huh. But when we're presented a problem in a relationship, mm-hmm. and the source of the problem is someone claiming that they have depression but can't prove it, that's mm-hmm. where the opinion comes from. Yes, exactly. I know. And so I hope people don't think that Seth thinks that everybody that says they're depressed is lying. I don't think all of you do, just about 90% of you. <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And once again, to go back to my original point when I started this conversation, if you get mad at that, then you're basically proving my point that you're in that 90% that's full of shit. <laughs> because if you really have depression, you're just, there's nothing to think of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I have depression, and you wouldn't be mad at me. Mm-hmm. So if you get defensive and mad at me, it's because you lie. <laughs> this is true. Yep. So, but as always, thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. Join our Marriage on the Rock Speakeasy Facebook group. We've been getting a lot of interaction there. It's been a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, just listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks.